welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Everybody, my name is C.J. Reynolds, and I run this channel. It's called Real Rap with Reynolds. I don't rap, but real rap is what my students call uh, kind of no-nonsense talk. So if you are having real rap with Reynolds in my classroom, we're having a real conversation. And so that's, that's what this is. But this isn't just a talk with me. It should be called really like, you know, Reynolds and the gang because it's me and all these wonderful people like that guy from Sweden that I just saw on there and the other person from Australia. And we are sharing our thoughts, feelings, ideas with one another. I am not enough here, right? I, I admit that on the front end. And so uh, I just realized I forgot my wedding ring upstairs. My ADD is jumping in there. But um, so here's the idea. Uh, every Sunday we show up, uh, we're doing 1 p.m. right now, I'm trying to figure that out and it seems to be going well. And we are, you ask questions and we answer them. So there could be questions about anything, any, anything's on the table, but it's primarily based around education. Um, and sometimes that bleeds into life and stuff like that too. Look, if this isn't enough, I have you, this YouTube channel, there's almost 400 videos on there that you can check out. And I've talked about just just about everything it feels like at this point. Um, and then you can go to our Facebook group, Sunday Night Teacher Talk, which is a really great place. I'm gonna probably reference it a hundred times tonight. Um, talking for right now, during the coronavirus, during like all of a sudden, like everyone became like a at-home teacher or internet teacher. Uh, so that's there too. Um, if you want me to speak with your school or at this point, Skype with your school maybe, um, that's happening. The book comes out uh, soon, and Real Rap with Reynolds, uh, or what, I'm trying, I, sometimes I talk too fast. There's too much stuff to report. There's too much stuff to talk about, dude. Teacher class office. Teacher class office is the name of the book, <laughs> The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. Um, and I don't know, man, there's a hundred other things too. This all gets turned into a podcast and I want to talk about something new I'm doing this week. But before we jump in, I want to um, say my guy, Jake, Jake does my podcast for me. Uh, he takes this and he turns it into a podcast for me every week. He also puts up another podcast with me and someone that I've interviewed in the past up as well. Um, Jake started a YouTube channel and I think it's interesting because he's a teacher and he teaches technology and like computer tech stuff, but he's talking about like, he made a video the other day, he made his first YouTube video, and it was about how to use like, a, he's using Adobe products in the classroom to show kids like, and break it down like how they can do stuff. And I think at this time in education, um, I really think it's a great space for students to just try stuff, like get out there and just learn and try new things and like get better at something. So if you're interested, um, in that world, or if your students might be interested in that world, I'm gonna link Jake's uh, thing below. Is this him? Yeah. It's Jake Forsher. For sure. Oh, that's not very clear. Oh, well, I'm not really good at this part, but that's Jake. Um, and Jake wears tank tops too, and I wear tank tops also. And I know that they are not for everyone, but guess what? When, I don't know, it's just something, It's that's how we connect, I guess. So you can go check out Jake uh, at his channel and that would be awesome. Um, or to just say hi. He's just a really nice guy. And he has a lovely wife and they're lovely together. They're just, it's a lovely situation. You got a question for me? So yo, if you have a question, just put question or Q and then write your question. You don't have to do that. So if you forgot it and you already got your question in there, that's fine. Just helps us see the questions a little bit faster. Um, 
and the wife for life is looking for them now. Lindsay Anderson says, haven't, again, haven't been here in forever. How's the book going? So how's the book going? So um, I, the, the book is, look, the book's coming out. It's coming out, but now it's coming out in April. But I have a date on it, but I'm not allowed to share the date, I think. I think I'm not allowed to share. I think they said don't share the date because it could fluctuate still. Okay, it's tentative for, you can say it's tentative for the date. So the tentative date is April 17th. Um, I think, so look, and then there's all this concern, like we were talking about like, like look, a lot. we have a lot riding on the book. Um, like I'm really excited about the book coming out. Um, but I've never monetized anything before, like except for mentoring and and the people that have done the mentoring with me, like all the YouTube videos have been for free. Um, the podcasts have been for free. Like everything I've done so far has been for free. Uh, and this is the first time I'm like selling something. And so that is, um, could have a really great effect on my, on my family and the well-being of my family and, and going forward and stuff. So like, especially for schooling for my kids. Um, and so it was nerve wracking to think like maybe the book's coming out at a time when like no one's at school, but I just think I, I have this whole theory that I just thought of this morning of like how this could potentially this time that we are all sort of quarantined to our homes could potentially be like one of the greatest spikes for us as educators in, in my lifetime and, 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 and most of our lifetimes, I think. And so I would do want to get into that, but that makes me really excited for the book to come out at this time. So, and look, man, it came out exactly like I wanted it to. Like my foreword is written by a former student. Um, the people that every single person just about that I asked, um, it, with the exception of one, and that was understandable. Uh, but all the endorsements that I got, like I have parents that endorsed it. I have great friends that endorsed it. It's like the cover artist by a Philly street artist that I love. Like it's all, it is literally like, Everything from the dedication to the about page, it's like just a hundred percent me, and I'm excited yeah. about it. So, you're looking at the phone like, get on to the no, next question. I'm not. Someone asked, um, she is, she's doing it. that thing. Oh, I love her because she keeps me on point. So, the, the biggest book, spot is Amazon, it will be available on Amazon, it will be available at Barnes and Noble. You can go to the bookstore and get it, which is that's some shit. Have a book <laughs> that comes out, it's at a bookstore, like, I can see it on the shelf. I'm just gonna pick it up and just take it to the front. This is what I'm gonna do every time. And where they have like the, um, the like people that sell the stuff, like the, are yeah, like the best or like here's the best section. I'm just, I do that with everyone else's book. Everyone I know, do you know that I do this? The kids think it's so funny. So when my friend Randy Rebuy, who has a bunch of great books that if you're just sitting around and you need something to read, Patron Saints and Nothing is his newest book, um, or Adam Welcome's book or Burgess's, but it'll also be available on through our website and through Burgess's website as well. And I think our website is the one, if people want signed copies, I think that's how, I think they link through us. I think that's the way it's gonna go. We're still figuring all so, those details out. It's gonna out. be awesome, man. It's gonna be freaking awesome. And we're gonna have this great giveaway before we do it, and it's gonna just be And yes, an the best. audiobook eventually. So oh, yes. audiobook will be eventual, but that apparently they base that on how well your sales do. So my sales go well, um, then I'll get an audiobook. Otherwise, I'm gonna just make, try and figure out how to make one myself. Because I know that there's a number of folks that are part of this YouTube community that um, are visually impaired. And so I want to make sure that there exists something for them. So even if I have to friggin' read it into the notes section of my, of my phone, I will do that and then send it off. Uh, all right, question. Scott is asking, what kind of meaningful online learning tips do you have uh, for this up time, 
upcoming time we are in. So, so Scott, I think this is a good question, right? And I don't, um, I'm going to answer this now. And if it comes up again, I'll, I'll talk about it again. But last week, I was, I was like freaking out about the amount of work it took to find something meaningful online, to post it on my site, that all my stuff I keep, I'm so old school, like a lot of the stuff that I keep is on like USBs or it's still like in a binder. Um, and that's like all the lessons I've kind of cultivated and really formulated over the years, that's where it exists. Then we weren't at school anymore. So like all my stuff is at school and I don't wanna recreate the wheel, but I had to last week. There was one day I was online for nine hours trying to post on Google Classroom, trying to figure out Google Classroom, trying to make sure all my kids were signed in, trying to handle all their questions and comments and help parents that were freaking out about stuff. And it was, it was like, I would rather be in school. Like I'd rather be in school on my worst day than figure that out. Here's my takeaway from this, right? Um, do you have that thing? Oh no. Can I read it real quick? Yeah. So I read this thing on the Facebook group this week on Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. And I wanna share it with you because I just think it was awesome. Uh, it says, some encouraging words from a teacher in China. So China being like one of the, like, the, the biggest hit places with the coronavirus said, I'm just putting this out there as a guide and as a means to help. I teach in Shanghai, China, and I'm now completing a seven, week seven of cyber school with no current end date in sight. So here are some words of wisdom, some words of encouragement, and some words of solace. First, do not get your hopes set on a return date. It is emotionally detrimental. Just plan on lasting longer than you just plan on lasting longer than you think. Second, it takes about two to three weeks to find a pattern and routine that works. Third, cut back what you plan to do. Then cut it back some more. Your students will burn out because of all the work. Literally, just do the basics that are important. I swear that those will save everyone. And finally, don't beat yourself up. Don't compare yourself to others on this page. Um, you, you do what is comfortable for you and your kids and do not feel the need to try every new technology. In seven weeks, I will see, you'll see what I mean. Good luck. And that was like just such a good reminder to me that last week I was making these, I was trying to think of like what would take about 45 minutes. And then I thought we don't hand in, like my students don't give back 45 minutes of direct instruction work, right? They, they give back 10, 15 minutes of, of, of writing or reading or, or, or something along those lines. And the rest of the class is like usually an activity. Um, and most of their reading and writing stuff is at school. Like they didn't bring their journals home. They didn't bring their independent reading books home with them. So my goal is this week is to give about 10 minutes of actual work. So some students that will take longer. Students that struggle will still take them about 20 minutes, but 10 minutes from each class seems about doable to me, especially when I have a lot of students that, you know, equity is, is an issue at my school. And so if there's four kids at home and there's one computer, we're going to like, how are you figuring that out? So it's just a lot to figure out. So I am planning on doing very short stories this week with questions, with a journal prompt, and then um, some sort of activity based on that later in the week. That is fun. I've also been making videos that I'm, I'm, I've been posting them on Instagram, um, but they are, I just green screen and you can do, it's super simple. You get, I might even make a video about this today. Get a green screen or a piece of poster board that's green. Anything that's green, put it behind you. No, someone said you can do any color and then omit that color through iMovie. Oh, word. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, busy doing live. Okay, cool. So that, that's one of the things. And then I've been just making videos for my students that have been funny every day that I think are funny. They're probably just sitting there going, You could oh do a God, white sheet. You're so dumb. Anything. Yeah, so just make a video for your students. And then I put my classroom behind me each time. The kids really think that I'm in class too, which is really mm -hmm. funny. Uh, or you can put yourself like in the woods or on a beach or whatever you want. It just makes it more fun. Mike, one of the things I like about that, and I'm going to jump right into the other questions. I realize I'm going long on this is I like the idea of what I've been thinking in my head is how crazy or weird or funny can I make videos that are going to make students show up every day? Like maybe they don't want to show up for my work, but it's like, yo, if I start pulling out costumes or using puppets, like any dumb thing that I can. Oh, oh Lionel God. Richie's making an appearance <laughs> this week. I have a, I have a Kate, puppet. Kate, the sleepy teacher gave me and we call him Lionel Richie. Um, and so, Anything that I can do to make it fun is what I'm planning on doing this week. Uh, my buddy Maisha is asking, uh, does your COVID affect the publication of the book? Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see, because it's I all done online. online. The only thing that I could imagine that it would push back, and we'll have to see, we're going to set up a phone call with, uh, with Shelly Burgess. Is yeah like the printing of it like yeah. someone's there someone has to run a printing press like yeah so i don't know if those works. people are in work or not but right. i don't think any, i can't imagine it would um and if it does look i mean i am i am of the absolute 100 percent belief that all things work as they should and as they are planned to and so my want and my hope for the book to come out is is like not, not timing. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not my, my schedule is not the schedule, um, of, of the bigger picture here. And so like, I, 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 yeah. So I'm just sitting with that. Yeah. Um, Dave Mathis, bro, Dave, did you get called Dave Matthews a lot when you were a kid? Cause I thought it said Dave Matthews at first. And sometimes Dave Matthews watches this live feed. I'm just saying, um, Hey rounds, what are you doing to occupy yourself? Dave, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> I, heard someone say today that you being thankful for being healthy and your family being safe during this does not mean you are wishing someone like that. It's not downplaying others getting sick from this, right? Because I, I literally pray up, pray every day um, for the people that are, that are affected by this, that are sick, that are without money, that are living by them. My brother lives alone. And so he hasn't seen anyone. Um, I am very mindful of that. The blessing that I feel to be home with people that I love in a house that is safe with my little tiny yard that I can work in and my little tiny wood shop that I can work in. Um, I am, I'm doing a hundred things. I'm gardening, I'm woodworking, I'm putting together this enormous, way too enormous puzzle that I got that is ridiculous, taking over my whole dining room table. Um, I'm having beer in the afternoon. I'm watching movies with my kids. I'm eating terrible, which is one thing that's happening because <laughs> my wife just keeps making cookies and bread and all kinds of stuff. Um, well, when it's the coronavirus and you're at BJ's and they have a huge giant tub of because they're out of everything cookies, else. They're like literally was nothing else. I was like, it was. I think it was like one of the last ones. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, the other one had no <laughs> lid, and I was like, no, no. In normal hour, this you know. So I've just been having like kind of the greatest time like being off. I just think that this is, look, I, let me talk about this real quick. I think it's important. 
I think that what just think in your mind, right? of who you are going into this. Some of us were so burnt out at school, so tired of school, super overwhelmed with school. And I was having a year, like it was, it's, you know, I feel like there's a point in every year, but like there's a lot of unknowns coming up next year in my school and in my life. And so to have time off, I just keep thinking, what if when we got back to school, whenever that is, um, what if I was better than when I left? What if I was healthier, smarter, better read, more rested, more connected with my family and friends? Like, like I'm calling people. Like, I don't, I haven't even called people in forever. Usually if I call someone, like my brother will go, oh my God, who died? That's literally what he says to me. And it's like, to just call a friend and talk for 30 minutes or an hour is awesome. Um, so I just like, I am really enjoying the time off with my family around my house, getting things done. They don't usually have time to get through, like working through emails and it's just been awesome. I plan on making a ton of YouTube videos this week. Um, and actually on Instagram, I'm going live every day this week uh, with somebody else. So um, Monday is my really great friend, uh, Jen Jones, who's like such a wonderful educator. Uh, Tuesday is Hamish Brewer. He's from New Zealand. He's a principal and he's the skateboarding teacher and he's awesome dude too. Adam Welcome's coming up this week. My friend Becky is coming up this week. He was literally like the greatest Mrs. science teacher ever. I, I, I haven't heard back from she her. Said, yeah. She did. Oh, so Mr. Russell's classroom is going to be on there with me. Um, and I'm trying to get every subject, every, I'm trying to get, yeah, to like not just high school. It's like yeah. as many different types of folks that I can get on here, on here. So that's going to be happening all week too. It's at 12 o'clock Eastern standard time all week on Instagram. Um, Cheyenne is asking, how likely do you think, uh, how do you think teacher hiring is going to be with all the coronavirus scare going on? So I think, so we're hiring at our school and uh, from what I understand, we're just doing Zoom calls with people. Like interviews are still gonna be happening. And I think if I was going, if I was, I, how would I handle this? I'm just thinking about, I, I just, I, you know what? You know what really gets me? I think if I went back and started teaching again, I would be really mindful about my online presence at this time. I think teachers have such an ability to help others and care for others during this time than any other time because we have we have time now to like to connect with folks. Um, Adam Welcome's texting me now. Uh, so we like I, I would just be mindful of like use this time to your advantage. Like like brush up on your on your skills. Like. Think about if you have a Zoom call with someone, what's your background look like? What do you look like? I mean, you could like be, you could be business on top and party on the bottom right now. Like, you know, I got, I got sweats on right now. And you know, to me, wearing sweatpants in public means you lost your will to live. Um, so I, I would just start thinking about some of that stuff and then start researching, like jump in the Facebook group and get to know people and think about how people are learning. And what if next year, part of learning is online. Like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to morph what you've learned in school to now having an online presence with students and start looking into that kind of stuff and preparing for is what I would do. Uh, Mike D, that's me. Come on and get some. I'm gonna sing that every oh, time. No. M-I-K-E to the D. Uh, come and see me and you pay a fee, sorry. Uh, how's everyone integrating technology into their classrooms? Mike, I have been using Google Classroom like most of the rest of the world. Um, Zoom we've been using for faculty meetings and stuff. Uh, my 
friends at school, I wasn't a part of this because I was out back the other day, had uh, Zoom, they had online happy hour, which was really a great idea, but I didn't check in because I was busy doing stuff. Um, and so, I, yeah, th that's the two that I've been using the most, and YouTube. Like, um, I think I'm gonna actually, I'm thinking about like just making like a secret YouTube channel for my students to be able to see all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, so that's that's basically what I've been doing. So I'd love to see and hear about what other people are using because um, it can be really overwhelming. I've been using New York Times a lot. I've been using Scholastic a lot. Uh, and There's like great online stuff. I don't know. It's hard for high school. Like there's a lot of different things. There's No, there's a lot for high school, but it's just, it's like trying to figure out a well-rounded lesson and something that's continuous. So you're not doing these kind of things, something completely different every day. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been trying to do is like have students read something and then have a lesson based on that that's maybe two or three days long. So it's not the same thing all the time. Unicorn said, how much coffee have you had? Oh, I had a lot of coffee today. Plus I've just been sitting around and I'm just feeling great. Cheers. I don't know if that's for you or just in general. Um, we'll read it anyway. Logan is asking, how do we communicate that we have class with our students? Does anyone know of any apps? Um, I use WhatsApp with all my students. Um, I think that's the easiest one. It's free. Um, there's no texting fees or anything like that that come along with it. So yeah, that's a, that's my jam. Or Google Classroom, like if they set up push notifications, they can have that on there. Um, email, you can just send, like if you're gonna do Zoom, you can just email Zoom stuff with them as well. Um, oh, you know what, I forgot, Dustin was gonna be on next week too, oh. on Instagram. I overlooked that one, I have to amend that. Uh, Anita is asking, what do you do with the students that don't do the activities you send? Here are my students, uh, here are my students are playing dumb don't know what to do. So I'm hearing this also, I, our school, so some of the stuff that we're doing is based on what the school feels is the move, right? And so it's like trying to be mindful of that. So I have students that are doing the same thing that are like potentially like not doing stuff because they think, um, especially Philadelphia as a city, canceled e-learning, right? So there's no, computer-based instruction for students in Philadelphia. Because we're a charter school, we are still doing learning because our school is of the mindset that we can keep up with this. And I think that's a, you know, a valid take on, because we have such a small student population. That being said, they don't want us to put zeros in for anything. Um, just missing, because some students do have, it's like, it's an equity and access thing. If I know someone's not doing it, so like I've had dudes like message me and be like, yo, I'm not doing work till I get back to school. Zero, then the zeros are going in. But if I'm not sure, then I'm, I'm erring on the side of grace instead of, um, instead of like coming down hard on kids. Because I watched the news for 10 minutes yesterday and it freaked me out. Like I like, I like couldn't watch anymore and they were like, the spread of the coronavirus is imminent and everyone's going to get it. And I was like, oh dude, like no way, I'm not getting it. Um, I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be the guy in the hazmat suit that goes to the friggin' liquor store next week. So I don't want to freak kids out more. And if I'm thinking about students, my wife and I were just talking about today, like people that don't have as blessed situations as us, folks that are kids that are in foster care, kids that are in home situations that are not healthy, that are not safe, 
kids that don't have enough to eat, kids that, yeah, like uh, domestic abuse situations. Like there's all this, these other things going on that I think we have to be mindful of. And when we think about our students, the problem, the thing is, it's like goes back to that idea of like, everyone's fighting a battle we know nothing about. And so no one's getting away with anything, right? At one, two, this is the most freak thing. Like we've not seen something like this in any of our lives where we've had to be like quarantined to the house. Unless you live in like a war zone, um, this is not something which I'm actually gonna talk to Adele about. My friend Adele, we're gonna do a Facebook Live at some point um, who lives in Middle East. And like, that, like that's different, but like this on a global scale, Dude, I, I just am not sweating it that much. I think if kids read a little bit and write a little bit every day, we're good, man. Just keep your, your thoughts going. And as long as you're not just sitting there playing Fortnite for 24 hours a day, uh, which is a very real possibility for many of our students, like I think that it's, it's going to all, it'll all work itself out. Um, May, Maisie is asking, um, do you have any tips on keeping students engaged online? Maisie, I think, look, I think the engagement piece comes from the same thing as school. If you make videos for your kids, if you make audio for your kids, if you create posts for your kids that are fun, that are engaging, that are silly, like, look, the beauty of being silly now is that no one's going to laugh in your face, right? Like you can like, it's like when I go to school and I do something ridiculous in front of everyone, there's a very real possibility, especially from Cho that people are just gonna look at me and go, oh my God, you're so dumb. Um, and I get it, I get, I get that sense. But when you are online, you can just do stuff that no one else, like no one's gonna laugh like right in your face, right? And if you take away comments, then they can't even comment on it and you can just be blissfully unaware of how ridiculous you are. So could you dress something up? Like, could you wear a costume? Could you, um, change your background and be in the place that you're talking about. So if you're talking about the 1920s, if you're talking about the beach, if you're teaching a science lesson based on the mountains, like could you use video overlays from YouTube on that? Could you um, attach really interesting videos? Like, so using stuff like, um, what is the, uh, what are the ones? Oversimplified is one of the things I've been using and thinking about uh, on online. Um, What's Hank and Hank Green's somebody? What's Hank Green's uh, site? Him and his brother John. Uh, no, the one that Edie makes all the videos for. My friend Edie made like all of their science videos for their or all their physics videos. I think. Um, yeah. Oh crap! I can't remember. Oh, anyway, so like Crash Course. Yeah, Crash Course. Like it's pulling in all of that stuff. Like what what stuff can you find that is like going to be actually interesting to your students? and draw them in. And I've been thinking about that and it actually makes it really fun to make videos during the week where I'm like using clips from all kinds of movies and doing all kinds of dumb stuff to just try and keep kids engaged. Um, Caesar is asking, have you noticed new school or old school teachers collaborating now? I am brand new and older teachers are asking me for tech help. Yeah, dude. Caesar, I think you're the old teacher that doesn't know. No, like, I, well, I don't. It's not that I don't use tech because I don't. I'm not a tech guy. Yeah. I don't use tech because my students aren't one to one. Yeah. If my students had access, I would use it. But as a freshman teacher, they don't have access. Um. So I I don't use it. 
And not all of my students have phones or they have phones that don't have data or they have old cracked phones or they have like a slow phone that they're embarrassed to pull out in front of everyone. So they just tell them everyone that their mom took it away. And like, there's all these problems that like I can't get in front of. So I just don't do tech in my room unless I can get a laptop cart and then I do it. YouTube is your tech. Yeah. So honestly. I think the way the I have been noticing this and I just think it's awesome. I, I like, I literally cannot remember a time in my life where teachers shared this much, like the amount of stuff that's for free on TPT where usually, and Tal Thompson brought this up the other day when we were live on Instagram. Um, he's like, usually Instagram just looks like a sales page for certain folks that are just selling stuff on TPT all the time. Like here's my cute lesson or here's this really great thing I did. Now you can go buy the whole thing on TPT, which I don't diss. I mean, teachers don't make enough money anyway. It's better than, you know, being a bartender till four o'clock in the morning. Um, I imagine I don't never been a bartender before, but I'd be a good bartender. You would be. Especially if I could just make whatever I want. I'd be like, you just order a Manhattan, I'll be like, there you go. Yeah, that's how we do it in Manhattan. That was so dumb. Uh, so I've just been noticing a lot of people sharing and I just think it's the greatest. Cause I think this is a time when I'm going to learn a lot more stuff than I knew before about how to use online technology to help my students in ways I didn't even think about before. And so it's pushing me in that way. I hope that really like makes more of a teaching community, kind of like what we have on our Facebook group. I'm telling you. I just hope it, it's like more community. It really reminds me of, instead of for those that can remember, post September sales. 11th. What's that again? I said instead of like just sales, because I feel like that is like yeah. teachers are, they're sharing stuff. Yeah. They're really sharing ideas and lessons and helping one another. I think it's awesome. And it reminds me of post 9-11 when it felt like, and look, I'm not gonna oversimplify this situation because there was a lot of dirty, awful stuff happening post 9-11. But when we would go to volunteer somewhere right after September 11th, it was this feeling of community and oneness with the people in the United States that I've never felt before. And the only other time I felt that was when we were in, we were in New York City a year after September 11th, and it was uh, 2000, or no, 2002, in New York City in Manhattan on the anniversary of, right about the anniversary of September 11th, and the power went out in all of Manhattan. And we slept, my wife and I slept in the street in the middle of Times Square with thousands of other people, and it was awesome. It was so like, fun. It was just, everyone was having a great time, everyone, was just chilling and it was so wonderful. And I love, like, I think sometimes if we focus on it, Mr. Rogers, when he was a kid, this is one of my favorite stories. I'm telling a lot of stories today. I'm, I am amped up. Um, Mr. Rogers said when he was a little boy, he would get really scared when he was getting chased by bullies or when he saw something terrifying on the news. And especially when he saw something on the news, he said he would run to his grandmother's house. And one time his grandmother told him, um, when that stuff happens, Freddie, when that stuff happens, you need to look behind who's on screen, who's hurt, who's reporting, and look for the helpers. And that has always stu stuck with me ever since I read it the first time, because what we're doing right now, a lot of folks are focusing on the problem and how much worse it's getting, and which is valid, right? But are we looking at behind the scenes and looking at how people are coming together, how this is uniting the world in a lot of ways. And I don't think that's Pollyanna-ish to, to think of either. I think it's like people are really sacrificing themselves. They're going out and still visiting the elderly, but through the window of the 
of the retirement home. They're going and buying groceries for people that can't get out. Um, stuff like that, I just think is like really happening. It's really, really wonderful. Um, Lucy is asking, how do you use online learning in an eighth grade US history class in an engaging manner? Lucy, I would think about, like back to what I said, like what are, what are you learning right now? And how can you pull videos from YouTube? How can you pull stuff from, um, from your own life experience like that you can connect to that and getting kids to just read a little bit, write a little bit and learn a little bit. That's it. So like if you made it super short and sweet, like without, because sometimes in classrooms, like you can fill it with fluff, right? Like there's some fluff or there's an activity or there's something else you're doing to and the fluff can be good, right? Like that's, there's stuff I do in my classroom that just builds engagement or just builds community. If you made it short and sweet, I want my kids to learn this, this is how I'm going to get it to them. But if you just think of it like that, and then you made a video, you made posts, you made a scavenger hunt, you did something in that space. Um, I think that that's how I would do it. Canny, Caney, K-A-N-N-I-E. We'll say Lewis, Loomis. Um, how is your school handling online for kids who don't have reliable internet access? The internet access is the big thing. So we are giving laptops to students as loaners. So all the freshmen will have laptops. The problem with that is now students have to get on public transportation a lot of times and get to the school to get the laptop. And that's problematic. Without the internet, there's not a whole lot that can kind of be done. Um, some parents are printing things out when they're at school uh, or but, when they're at work. Um, but so thing, places like at least here, Comcast are giving yeah. free different internet providers are giving free internet. So yeah, so some internet providers are providing free internet access. I know around here that is happening through Comcast. So I think it's trying to help students figure out ways to do that. I've had other students like uh, Tal Thompson said that his school kept the internet running. And for people that really don't have internet access, they're driving to the school, you just sit in your car, get the work that you need or download it or whatever. I guess you're safe, like right, you're in your car, you're not like out in the world. And, um, you know, just that reminded me of when we were broke and I was student teaching and I didn't have any internet at the house. Right? No, I remember I used to drive through the Holiday Inn down the street oh, and I'd sit right. in the parking lot like a freaking creeper and, uh, and use their internet all the time to email my professors. Hashtag old school. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that was that. Oh. Out with John. I wasn't ready. I'm interested. How are other people, like, if you live in a rural part of the country... How are you um, navigating that lack of internet for some of your students? And is, I'm wondering, has anybody oh, canceled online? Cold, strong coffee at the end learning. of the cup. Woo, man. My hair just grew on my chest. <laughs> Sarah Williams is asking, how do you accommodate for various types of learners, kinesthetic, auditory, through online learning? So that's tough, right? It's, I, I'd be real interested in anyone on here that's in special education kind of sharing some ideas for this. Because I have some students that are really having a hard time even navigating Google Classroom, right? So if you have a processing disorder, if step-by-step -step instructions are what's in, needed. So on mine, on Google Classroom, I give very short instructions. This is what you do. One, watch my video. Two, read the story. Three, share um, like complete the, the worksheet that's after it, right? 
And then I have a, the video says exactly what to do also. And so you can listen to it over and over again. I try to make them very short. They're under three minutes. Um, but it tells you like, here's any announcements that I have. Here's the lesson. Here's like some uh, kindness at the end. And that's what I'm trying to convey to students. Um, so I'm keeping it very short. So like the auditory piece is there. The video piece is there. Uh, the short, concise lessons are there but even that is not enough for some students like it's it's really reminding me of how important our presence is in the classroom to sit next with to someone and walk them through what needs to happen some of those students you could do a zoom call with you could do a phone call with um to really make sure that to give them the best case scenario or best situation possible um because then we're running into the situation where like some parents have limited uh, knowledge of how to do technology. And if you're teaching older kids, like, like if my kid came home with some calculus homework, I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I don't remember how to do friggin' biology and stuff like that. Like, so lessening the amount of learning the parents have to do to just be able to help their kid learn the thing also yes. is, is tricky. So, um, if anyone has any suggestions, if you put them in the bottom here, or if you go on the Facebook group, or I've been encouraging people in the Facebook group, um, to go ahead and lead, a, a G, uh, like a, not, what the hell they call it? Um, Google, Google Hangout or a Zoom call. Like if you know special education tactics, go on the Facebook group, ask people if they want to sign up and get a dozen folks and then do a Zoom call and answer questions and tell people how they can do it. Like if you're an expert in Google Classroom and people are struggling with Google Classroom, like go on the Facebook group, put the invite out there, have people email you privately and then you can trade emails and then put something together. I think that would be a really, really beneficial thing that like any teacher, even if you're not a YouTuber or an online presence, like you still have skills. And what skills do you have right now that are gonna benefit teachers and students and parents alike in, the, in this moment? Uh, Victoria is asking, 40% of my students don't have access to the internet, to internet connection at home. I should continue with the thematic units, but I just don't think it's fair for those 40%. What can I do, any advice? Um, I would, so I'm wondering, Victoria, like, what is your school saying about that? Because even right now, like, we were talking about, um, I don't, I don't want to get too crazy with germs and stuff, but I have a number of people that have sent me nice things lately. So anytime someone sends me something through my PO box, I like to try and send back a handwritten note to them. Um, but like, I don't, that's kind of freaking me out right now is like, uh, is what's freaking me out is handing out notes to people. I don't like, want to send something and then get, I don't have. I know. Like, I don't want someone to have good, to dress up like, like a hazmat suit with rubber <laughs> gloves on to just open my mail. Like, you know, I don't want them to feel weird about getting our mail. <laughs> yeah. So I'm waiting that out, but it's like, so even if we mailed packets to students, like, is that good? Is that a good idea? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but you know, short of going somewhere where there's internet, I just look, I just don't think I, here's, here's, what I really feel about this. I don't think that right now, I don't know when this ends, but if there's a few weeks, a few months of not having school and not having direct instruction, um, if we are encouraging rather students to read and to write every day, getting parents to have their kids turn off everything and read for 20 minutes a day and write a response to what you read, write a journal, write a diary, start a blog, like, do something with that, start a vlog and talk about the book that you're reading, anything. It could be that simple. And to be honest, 
for many of our students, that's more work than they're actually putting in in school anyway, right? Where there's no option to cheat, you are having to read and having to do some sort of written instruction about something. Um, and with parents, it's like, watch videos with your kids. Like Brody and I have been watching this ridiculous show that's on discovery about like what happens if you drained the Gulf of Mexico? What happens if you drained the Mediterranean Sea? Like what would you find under there? And then we just watch it. It takes us like four different times to finish a whole episode because we keep pausing it and talking about it. Like what is this part of the world? What is, what were pirates? Why um, talking about the slave trade, talking about um, the crater, the, the asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs and like breaking all that stuff down and really talking about it. It's giving us space to actually have conversations and look things up and learn in a real way, showing what real world learning looks like. I just think that we could make it that easy for parents if they don't have access. Summer Tate is asking, what's up, Summer Tate? Um, I gave my students a survey. I can't give grades, but the majority want to continue with our World War II lessons, trying to figure out uh, what to assign. What do you think? Research, project, web quest? Uh, I, so I've been trying to think of that as well. Like what kind of projects would be awesome. I think it depends on what kind of technology your students have access to. So, and I think they have time to do it now. So could it be really fun to try and like figure out ways for students to like make a movie at home, reenact something at home, break something down, like make a video and narrate over top of it. Um, making, so if we don't have, uh, so it's like a real make something from nothing. So like, um, if you don't have supplies at home, what do you have at home? Like, or can you use an online resource to create a poster or something like pick monkey or Google to like create some kind of poster or, or something along those lines. Um, we, I'm, we're going to take it. So my friend Tal Thompson, who I was talking about earlier, Tal went through his whole house and got out all the supplies they could find in the house and made a maker space on their dining room table. And as soon as I get done with this ridiculously large puzzle, uh, we're going to do the same thing. It's like, go find stuff in our house that might, kids tons of it it's just a way in drawers yeah. and cabinets and if it's not in your face then it's you kind of forget that it exists so we're going to make a maker space on the dining room table for our kids to just create things and then we're going to do projects next week with our kids about different topics um investigate them on the internet create projects for them um create google presentations for them so that's that's all stuff your kids could still do and it might be a little bit more fun because it's like you're just at home and like let your creative genius fly and come up with some like fun ways to do it. And maybe even put that out to your students. Like, yo, what do you think we could do with this? Let's have, let's like make something awesome. And then that could be really fun as well. Uh, John Lopez, my buddy is asking question. If you had the chance to have someone be the voice of your audio version of your book, who would you want to do so? Oh, whose voice do I really like? Idea. I really like, like the guy. She asks questions. I love John's questions, but they're yeah. kind of like you need a minute to go. I know. Hmm, I think John needs it. to text me those questions ahead of time so I can think <laughs> of it. Um, I, to be honest, one of my favorite voices is uh, I forget his name, the guy from Blacklist. Um, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. He's the like one of my favorite. Guy? I could literally. He's one of my favorite voices. Him and uh, someone said Anthony Hopkins. Oh, John said Anthony Hopkins. Someone else said Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Uh, the other one James is Spader? James Spader. Yep. Or 
uh, Nick Offerman's voice I love too, Ron Swanson. Oh, but I really like dry. when when authors put their own voice in books. Like if yeah. I listen to someone's book and it's not their voice, I'm like, dude, I want to hear you. Even if you don't read well. Like, because it just sounds more authentic. They know when to emphasize things and stuff like that. So there's two audiobooks. I just listened to uh, Rich Roll's audiobook and um, I want to get Flea's audiobook also. Um, the basis for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, and he did his own, but I wouldn't, I've got, I wouldn't have ordered it if I didn't, if he didn't do it. Um, and that's, sometimes I won't get someone's audiobook if they don't do it themselves. But you'll do yours yourself. Uh, Every, I just answered that Everyone one. said to do your own. Uh... I just want to have as much coffee, Unicorns Rock, before I do it. That'll be the sped up version of the oh, audiobook. Flea. Flea? Oh, man, that would be great. He's, he's just an amazing human being. I love all these comments. They're my uh, favorite to read. Mike D is gonna is asking, what are some educational, engaging things you plan on doing with this online learning? Uh, so I really like the idea of boiling down what I'm doing in class to a five-minute video, right? So like taking my whole, like when I think about the idea of a lecture, or just conveying information to students like directions and stuff like that and making a video out of it that I can incorporate videos into or stills or um, it gives me it gets me really excited and gives me all these ideas where um, I use a lot of videos in class anyway. So if I'm explaining something, I might put up a Pixar short or a YouTube video or a GIF or a meme or something like that. But to be able to incorporate them as I'm speaking, having those things flash up on YouTube, um, which is really easy to do on iMovie, is exciting to me. Because it's like adding a little bit of music over what I'm saying, like adding an interesting intro, like that kind of stuff has really made me excited to, to get into some of this stuff. So I think that's what it is. To me, engagement is drawing students in. How are we pulling them in? So meeting and then meeting them where they are. What, what are our students already engaged in or already gets their attention? It is comedy, it's music, it's um, something out of pocket that they didn't see coming. Um, it's connecting what we're talking about, what we're teaching to the movies, the videos, the things that they already like. And I think right now it's about being as positive as possible and not in any sort of fake way. I think it's about like really being honest with our students about what's going on, um, but also like not being mindful of like, are you being like, hey, I hope everyone's, uh, I hope everyone's safe right now during this awful, awful pandemic. And like, I don't mean to make light of something that's dark, but it's like, there's enough of that. So are we showing our students like, hey man, I'm still alive, still thinking about you, um, uh, what are ways that I can incorporate my students? So I, this is a dumb way, but I thought about printing out pictures of my students and making them like putting them on popsicle sticks and like having me like having them interact with me and talk with me on like just dumb stuff that's going to be like, well, bring kids in and then they just do the assignment because it's like, dude, you already watched the video. And now like, what can we do for the assignment as well? That would just make it easier. What's up, dude? Nothing. Oh, oh, I thought you were looking at me like... Because I'm doing something else. Um, Life DOTA is asking, what do you think the landscape of education will be post-COVID-19? 
What should teachers be prepared for? That's a great question. Um, I'm not, I, dude, I, this is so crazy of a situation that I'm just not sure. Like, I don't know how long this lasts. I don't know how long we're at home. I don't know if this goes, do we cancel the school year? Um, has anyone had their school year canceled right now? I'm wondering also. Uh, and then what does that mean going forward? Like, you know, like I, I think it's, I really think this is shedding a light mostly on, um, how much work on, do. I think it's how much work teachers do, how much, how important we are and how the inequity, like how access um, and equity are an issue in education. Like when kids don't have one-to-one, -one, the, the world has internet. And now when kids that don't have access, not through any fault of their own, right? Like it's not the kid's fault that there's no access to this, but now like they are falling behind. And in a, in a world where, in a world, where um, kids with access are just chill, like kids from private schools that I know I'm talking to their teachers that have five students in a class, and all those students have internet and all the things they need to learn are still going to keep learning. And I think that for students that are in lower socioeconomic situations, it's widening the gap even more that I think that's something to really be looked at and really have a conversation about in a real way where it's like, well, I don't know what comes up next. Like no one thought this was going to happen now. So what if something else ever came up and we were restricted to our homes? How are we providing access for students? Um, because education is freedom and education leads to you living a life better than something you came from. And without access, it's like, and motivation and, uh, and, and a, the ability to grow, then what are you doing? Like, then we're just widening that gap and creating we're more and more problems. We're not giving free and appropriate education, right? No. Because of lack of access. So really, I love that. <laughs> yeah, because oh. it's shining a light on that, right? And I think but that that's- the one that all special ed parents like fall back to is like that free, that access of the free and appropriate education. Yeah. And I think people really should be raising hell about that and that. really don't stop talking about it. Like it's, people are going to get tired of listening to it, mm -hmm. but it's something, a bell that needs to be rung loud and clear so that, you know, so that the world knows that this I is a situation. I the landscape really for the positive. I really do for, for educators, for yeah. pay, for access, for time, all of it. Yeah. Um, I like Tal Thompson said that he saw on Instagram. Someone said, I've been home with my kids for five days and or I had to teach my daughter her lesson one day. Teachers should be paid a billion dollars a right. year. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, so we have 30 of them. So wait, just, um, yeah. Tracy said there are rumors of Ohio, of Ohio closing. Um, a lot of people said, somebody said, uh, some schools in California have already announced that they are online only for the rest of the year. A lot of people said, someone said they don't go back until after May 1st, and then they'll come back around to the discussion. So I don't think people are necessarily closing yet, but they're at least delaying yeah. or not quite there. To well, it brings decision. up the idea of, um, what are we doing for like kids that are seniors, kids that are like, what do we do about SATs? What do we do about kids are trying to get into college? What do we do about like things like proms, man? Like that's a, like a, there's some of these age old traditions that like students are going to miss out on. Um, I did see a really funny meme on the one I showed you on Instagram that was like class of 2020's prom and everyone has a hazmat suit on and a mask. Oh, and I really oh, thought that was kind of funny. Terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like, that's, 
it's difficult. And I think it's going to raise a lot of these questions about like, what do we do to care for kids? Like, I think it's social emotional care is, has to be take precedence over education, over like classic education. Um, Anita is asking, what do you do with students who don't have, who, oh wait, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. What do you do with students that don't do the activities you send? Here are my students. Oh, we already read this one. I oh. answered that question. Well, Anita, I saw your Instagram message too. I'm going to get back to you, but I've just been inundated. There's like 27 messages in there right now, just from today. I didn't get back to you, but um, I have time now. So I will get back to you soon. Uh, she got there. Now I'm drinking water. I'm just drinking anything that's next to me. That's my water. I feel like in Yes Man, when he had all the Red Bulls and he's like, do you like Red Bull? I really like Red Bull. Have Red Bull. Caesar is asking, helpful to be honest with your students about how we are learning and trying to figure this out stuff out too. Yeah, I have, so Caesar, I've been, I have kids that are like, you didn't share the document with me, right? I can't do it. I'm not, I'm just not doing it. And it's like trying to be clear with students. Like, look, we're all trying to figure this out. Like I need grace from you because I've not done this before. Like I can't, like I'm not there to read your response or see if like part of being a teacher is disseminating information and then watching the look on your student's face and, intu and intuitively kind of figuring out, do they understand it? Do you need to say the directions again? Do you need to say it in a different way? Do you need to teach it a different way? Did this not work and you need to redo the whole thing? But without that face-to-face, -face, I can't like pick up on those clues on whether or not someone is understanding something. And so, and I think it's important to just tell kids like, hey, look, I'm growing and learning also. Like I'm trying to figure this out. So let's do that together. And I think that that's really important to do with our students as well. It's like just being honest about like, hey, I'm nervous about this or I'm fearful about this or I'm kind of figuring this out or um, these are some other things you could be doing besides just traditional learning. Like here's some YouTube videos. Here, let me, send up, let me send you a playlist of stuff that I found on the internet that you could check out or books that you could be reading or audiobooks or using things like our library has something called Hoopla, which is... Um, online uh like we can get audiobooks through our local library through hoopla and it's free and so doing stuff like that is like a really great idea but then you're so it's showing students that like i'm trying to go above and beyond like like pick up on what i'm putting down like i'm, I'm trying to be honest with you about where i'm where i'm at right now is that weird hair that just fell on my face uh-oh uh -oh. what'd you do now i lost my questions no why did it do that? And so I don't know. Do you want me to try and find one? No. I wanted to go back to how it was. Sorry, the wife lost the questions. My space, my spot. Oh, shit. Are you saying swear words I'm on really here? Pissed. Oh, my goodness. The not so secret wife doesn't swear. Why did it Only do her that? husband does. There it goes. I don't know why. Uh, Bear with us. Hold on. Trying to find it. Do you want me to sing a song? Uh, Let me go get my no. cigar box guitar from Ron Proctor and I can, uh, I'll play you that a sweet jam. Ron Proctor is one of those guys that definitely didn't get a thank you note yet because I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't want to freak anybody <laughs> out. Uh, oh my gosh. This is, babe, this is a dead part. I'm going to have to sing a song. That's, a, that's our only thing we can do. 
I believe the children are future. Wait, what was the last question we just answered? It was being honest with students about what's going on. That wasn't the question, that was your answer. Something, no, 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 it was um, how honest should we be or something like that. It was, um, I know his name too. I can picture his face on his, or his profile picture anyway. Uh, Maria is asking, I'm a special education teacher and I'm concerned about the workload that students on my caseload would be expected to complete without proper supports. Also concerned about compliance. Maria, I, compliance is gonna be a big issue and I'm not exactly sure how to do that. I know our school is still doing um like IEP meetings with parents are just doing it through Zoom. And so I'm thinking like I, there's going to have to be some sort of leeway, but it's like, I think for me, what I'm thinking about is like communicating with parents and emailing parents or texting or calling parents and saying like, you need, I need you to help me figure out like, like, cause I'm not there with your kid. Like what is needed? So what can I do to make this better? And I, I you know, that makes me think of you wife. Cause like, what? I feel like if, um, our kids were still in traditional school and they were getting stuff sent home with them, like you would be communicating with their teachers and saying, all right, look, this is what we're struggling with. This is what we're not understanding. This is what we need. And then meeting those needs in that kind of one-to-one -one way. And so I don't know how big your caseload is. And that could be a really big issue if you have a lot of students on your caseload. But if it's not, I think it's about that one-on-one -on -one communication with parents. And then just paring things down and then telling teachers to just give less. Give less work. So our curriculum, uh, head of curriculum at our school, um, sent out an email last week that was like, look, 10 to 20 minutes per class. That's it. And we're supposed to give work every day. And I'm going to say this live on the internet, even though, you know, I didn't tell anybody else. Um, I'm not giving work every day anymore. I'm going to give work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's it. And so you have two days to finish it because I don't know what the access situation is. And for students that aren't going to get a laptop till Monday, that means they have a whole week of work that they already missed to go in and have a barrage of assignments now that you have to try and catch up on. And amongst all the other anxiety in your life, feeling like that has to be one more thing. It's like, nah, bro, I'm going to give like 10, 15 minute lesson every day. Um, so you watch my video, that's five, less than five minutes. And then you do 15 minutes of an activity. I think that's good, man. And then I'm just going to encourage kids to read and send articles or send other add on things that they can just do to like, um, for their own personal like growth and development. Mark is asking what kinds of stuff should PA teachers be assigning during this time? Nothing to disrupt core classes, but are still important. What do you think? Yo, Mark, dude, how often? So I've been thinking about this, right? For all my friends that can't go to the gym, I have an old student, uh, two old students, one's named Genesis and one Colleen Sanchez, and I'm sure you don't watch this, but I'm shouting you out. That uh, Genesis is preparing, her whole Instagram feed is her working out every day. It's what she eats and what she does to work out and the friends that she works out with. And she's getting ready for like a bodybuilding competition. And this has been months in the making. And so it's been really fun to watch her progress and like the, how much she lifts and how disciplined she is in her, in her um, going to the gym and what she eats and stuff like that. And now she's having to figure out ways to do that at home. And so in the basement, on the steps, like I, Mark, I think it would be so rad to make like a series of videos of like, how are you taking care of your own health in your home, right? So like when I start oh, thinking about like- great idea. Like, so like just little home workouts yeah, that doing don't require dips. any- You have, what if you, it, you know what it makes challenge. me think of? Rocky Four. 
Right, Rocky Four. Bro. <laughs> just end the live feed now, right there, and go watch it, and then we pick back up on it. Rocky Four is when Rocky went to Russia to fight Dolph Lundgren, and uh, come on, man, I must break you. Seriously? Yeah, sorry. All right, my heart's breaking right now, but uh, that scene of like Rocky working out in this barn and in the snow and like. What happens when all the workout equipment gets stripped away? What happens when you don't have things to train with? What would it look like in your home to do it? I just think that would be rad to have like, just make a video or like something that students can like think about like, how are you getting out and moving during this? What if you really don't wanna go outside and you really have to stay home? You live in a very congested space like New York City, um, making content for people on like, how can they work out from their homes and, and still get healthy at home? That would be awesome. What you got, dude? Um, I think we answered that one already. Or something. Mm. Uh, sort of. Zachary Hoffman is asking, how will this change your future teaching? Um, I don't think much. I think when I go back to school, I'll, I'll do things the same way. I think I'll just know more. So look, bottom line is, this, this is how I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this whole thing as how... I went into this, I wanna come out the other way, the other side stronger. Um, and as long as I don't get ill, uh, which I don't plan on doing, um, I'm trying to take every conceivable measure. Like we went food shopping the other night, came home and wiped everything down before it came in the house. Um, like being mindful of like not wearing my shoes in the house, like wiping down my car when I'm done in it. Like trying to be like, not trying to be too crazy, but like just crazy enough. But like I, I'm hoping that I'm going to be a better teacher when I go back to school because I have time to learn, to read, to think, to come up with lessons, to plan things, to, to look at like the way that I'm teaching now and have that better my instruction to, to collaborate with people and learn things from other people. Like I just feel like I'm going to be better when I go back to the classroom than I was when I left uh, at the beginning of this. Diane, uh, Dylan, not Diana, Dylan Flynn is asking, I am, Thinking of having open hangout hours with students can come and chat, ask questions and so on. I received a million emails and I feel like this would simplify exchanges. What do you think? I think it's an awesome idea. Dylan, um, just have like a like a Google Hangout or something like that or, or send a Zoom. Uh, so right now, Zoom, I believe, and I think Google Hangouts doing the same thing. Zoom, you used to only be able to do 40 minute calls and then they would like tell you that if you wanted to keep doing it, you had to pay money. Um, and now it's just open. Now I think you can have as many people on there as you want. So just having that space for kids to show up and to just talk, even if you're not just talking about school stuff, like they could show up and ask those questions, but like, Hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you doing something fun? Are you like spending time with your family? Like, what does that look like? And I think just those check-ins, I've been just texting with students, but I think that's a great idea to do with kids. What you got? That was faster than you thought. No, I'm just doing other stuff. Oh honestly. yeah, girl. <laughs> oh no, I just said that. I love it, uh, unicorns. And I saw like a meme or something and it was like, put a movie on, mute it and put subtitles on. Oh yeah, Boom. what was that, Jen Jones said that? Yeah, but unicorns. I yeah. think it's brilliant, right? I used to do that for summer school all the time where I would uh, put on subtitled movies. Like I'd watch like the, the Japanese version of Spirited Away and then they'd have to read it and they're like, why do we have to read this? And then they'd have, end up reading them. I'm like, cause now we're reading in class right now, kids. 
<clears throat> Kim, and you have to read a certain clip too because the movie's yeah, moving. Like you gotta hustle. Unless Kim you're is at struggling readers hit pause. That's not fair. That's fine. Just play a little slower. <laughs> um, Kim is asking anyone else having trouble with Remind app. I can't connect to my classroom anymore. Contacted support. No help yet. Um, I have not, but I'm wondering if anyone else has. I'm noticing things in Google Classroom too, like. I'll post an assignment and then it's not there. Or I post it to all classes and it skips one. And so there's like that kind of weird, silly stuff happening too. What you got? Um, I'm moving too fast for you now. Well, I only have one because you refuse to like figure out how YouTube really works. The live, the new live. What do you mean? If you would oh, just oh. have two things. Yeah, that's an issue. I gotta fix that. Maybe Whatever. I can figure that out today. How to actually use YouTube Studio so I don't have to shoot on my phone anymore. Mm -hmm. You mean? So I'm about to sing a song. Maybe I could recite a poem. <sighs> Two households. I'll just do Shakespeare. No. Both alike in dignity and fair Verona where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny where civil blood meets civil hands yeah. only. Someone said they live in Silicon Valley and uh, so many low-income students don't have internet even there. I'm, well, I'm sure the demands on internet are higher now, too. I'm surprised that I don't see any lag. In, in our, our internet? internet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that is. That's a good point. I was going to I was gonna <laughs> have an answer. You angry for when there is lag. It's like, even during the coronavirus, we didn't have lag. Now we're back to normal life. Oh, my gosh. There's so much conversation. It's hard to find. Okay, here. Question. Because people are friends in here. That's the I know, best. I love it. Sadat is asking, um, who we don't want to be like as teachers. I want to, I want some bad features of some teachers for not being like them. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> is that a question? I want some bad. No, we, he's been on here before. Uh, who do we not want to be like as teachers? So they're asking for like, he's asking like, what are some negative things that teachers like do that like we want to make sure we're being mindful of like who we are so like i'd say on the front end sadat one of the things um when i was writing the book that uh i had this editor uh marisol was a really wonderful person and came she had to do like sensitivity editing because it's some of the things i was writing about and uh she said, I spent a lot of time in the book saying who I wasn't. And she's like, why would you spend any time telling people who you're not instead of just telling people who you are? And I, that, was, that was so deeply impactful to me. And I'm thinking now like how I try not to do that. Um, but I hear what you're saying. So in that, I think in this time, especially being mindful of um, are we being apathetic? Are we just being pissed off at the system? Are we being angry at students that are not doing the work? And there's some room for that, right? I'm not saying to not be, but like, uh, are we giving up? Are we um, perpetuating? Like, are, like, are we, like anything that's not for students, for education. And look, God, I, you know, I think part of the, part of the bottom line here is we've been making nothing from something from nothing forever anyway as as educators right like we never have there's never enough supplies there's never enough room there's too many kids not enough chairs not enough space not enough time we've been doing making something from nothing forever anyway now the world just sees it more because they're not in your classroom they're not all up in your in your experience and the parents aren't seeing it online every day but now 
people are really getting a sense of what the struggle teachers are dealing with. But like, so when I think I have to figure all this out, of course I do. Of course no one's gonna help me. Of course no one's gonna give me the curriculum. Of course there's no like, there's no tried and true way to do this. And it's all like trying to figure it out on the go. And like we're some ragtag bunch all of a sudden. It's like we've always, teachers have always been some ragtag bunch that has tried to figure it out along the way. And we are Apollo 13 in this situation like everything else we've ever done. And I take pride in that. I take pride in the fact that like, you know, that's, that's a skill. It's a skill to be able to say, all right, can't do it that way. The internet broke today. The computers aren't working. I didn't get the cart that I thought I was going to have. The supplies didn't come in on time. I got a new student all of a sudden. Like it's raining outside and I can't go on my field trip or I can't go outside to do the activity that we were going to do. It's always spinning plates. We're just spinning different plates now. And so how are we figuring out how to deal with what we're dealing with is always been the game. And now the world knows about it. And it's, I think that's really interesting. Um, question, let's do like two more. Uh, I don't know if there is an answer to this, but th this is uh, S Maria Black. Sever? Sever? I feel like that's going to be an accent and I'm going to mess it up. So Maria, I apologize for not being able to say your name. Um, I don't know if there is an answer to this, but do you have any advice for substitute teachers right now? Can we do anything to support our district or teachers? Yo, that's a great, that's such a great question. So I would reach out to schools and say, especially schools that you've worked with, is there anything you can do? So I was talking to Cho, my, Cho's the dean of students at my school. She's a really good friend. She's had been on the channel before a bunch of times. Um, and she was saying how she didn't really have as much to do. And then I was talking to her about like how we have students that aren't doing work. And so she decided, she communicated with the rest of the administration team and now admin is going to start like her and her team are going to start making phone calls home to actually talk to parents and students to figure out why they're not completing work. And the beauty in that is it's like someone whose job was in the building. It was dealing with culture and climate on a real level with students every day face to face. Now, what does their job become when they're not doing that? And so Cho was saying like, this is a time to be able to, um, to reimagine your role. So as a substitute teacher, are there students that like you could be in charge with, to be a one-to-one -one with, to, to be a, a help to? Um, are there phone calls that could be made for schools? Is there curriculum that could be looked up? Like I would reach out to the schools that you've worked with and say, hey, look, I'm willing to help in whatever capacity. Like how can we figure that out? Um, and then you're making money through this also because especially subs that are like working on a per diem, um, maybe you can make money from, from like this moment also so that you're not like financially strapped as this is going on as well. That's, that's a really great question. Uh, Jub Jub 501ist, 501ist or 501 street. I'm not sure. We'll just call you Jub Jub is asking, what are some ways that you can gamify lessons for high school? I love games and have looked into gamification, but most examples have younger kids. Look, I'm going to, I don't have the answer for this, but I know the guy. If you go to Mr. Matera's, um, my wife's going to, are you going to link it? Uh -huh. All right, my wife's going to link it in the comments. Now, my boy, uh, Michael Matera has his, that's his whole gig is, uh, he has wrote a book on it, um, which is called, Gamification. no, what's his, what's his thing called? Is a game like a pirate or I'm it's like, all right, so. Uh, Matera, who had, he has a whole YouTube channel on this and he's still talking about this stuff in this time. Um, but
But I forget what his book was called all of a sudden, man. <laughs> All right. So anyway, go to his site. My wife's going to link it on the bottom and that will be that. Got it. There you go. Cool. All right, gang, we're going to call it there because um, my son's been playing Fortnite for way too long. Are you getting his book? Yeah. Explore like a pirate. That's what it is. His name of his book. Um, you can order it on Amazon. You can order it on Amazon now. Explore like a pirate. Michael Matera. So gang, look, before I get out of here, I just want to encourage you that like, look, I just think that this is a time in history that we can really keep growing, keep learning from one another. Please share your ideas. If you do it on the Facebook page, that's the easiest way I can think to do it or just put it on Instagram, put it on, on Twitter, wherever your, your social platform is that you love. And just keeping in mind, how do we exit this situation better than we entered it? So like who I am now, I wanna be stronger, smarter, better, like more empathetic, whatever it is that you're kind of working on, I wanna be better when I'm done this whole coronavirus pandemic um, than I was going into it. And so that's what I'm thinking about a lot. If there, if I can be of any help for, to you, um, please communicate that with me through some social network uh, or share it on the Facebook page because you're gonna find people that are in your almost exact situation that are gonna be able to speak to it and help you out with whatever is going on. Um, and that's it. Look, this week on Instagram, Tomorrow, uh, my friend Jen Jones is going to be my guest on at noon on on Instagram Live. Um, Hamish Brewer, uh, the skateboarding tattoo principal, is going to be on on Tuesday. I think Adam Welcomes on Wednesday or Thursday. Miss Urban Educator is going to be on there, and my friend Becky. That's just next week, and I'm going to try and fill that. You know, just keep going every day uh, for 30 minutes every day at noon. And I feel like that's a good time, right, to come on. It's in the middle of your working day, probably. You're trying to figure stuff out, ask questions, trying to figure out what you should do next. Um, and that's it. Gang, keep going. This is an amazingly crazy time. Uh, and I appreciate all of you that are out there um, for kids and parents and for yourselves and for your fellow educators, like helping them out the best that you can. It is awesome. Um, that's it, gang. Talk to you soon. Peace. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.